I'm here today to interview Brandon Rushing of Lee High School in Fairfax, Virginia, which just this year changed its name to John Lewis High School. Brandon Rushing won the 1995 state championship title at 135 pounds. Fun fact, his little brother beat me very convincingly when I was a freshman and he was a senior. I'll always remember that match because it was the first time I was really overmatched by an opponent and it motivated me to try to reach a higher level of wrestling. Also, I want to thank everyone who came out to the Wrestling Trivia Night on Tuesday night this week. It was a great event and raised more money than expected for a coaching positions in Fairfax County. As always, please leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you like this episode, and let's get rolling. He taught me to get up when I didn't want to get up when I wanted to quit. I had high goals, man. I've always had high goals. And so when I won it, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys are right. It's not the thrill of winning. It's the joy of having that personal goal and being able to achieve that and walk off the mat with your head held high and with your hand up. That just fueled my fire. And I was in every state championship match from there on until I graduated. That was when I really started doing the kind of wrestling that I was capable of. Anybody that steps in the ring and just decides to commit the entire time is a state champion in my in my book. Welcome back to another episode of Back Points, the podcast where top wrestlers and coaches reveal their secrets about how they won state titles in high school wrestling. I'm excited to have Brandon Rushing joining us today, who won the state tournament in the 90s, and he's going to tell us about everything he knows about winning the state tournament and and what he's been up to since. Brandon, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So so when did you wrestle for Lee High School? Uh, the fall of 91 through the spring, and I graduated in 95. Okay. And so, and you won, I believe, your senior year. Uh, actually, my junior year. Okay. Yep. Um, my senior year, I got second. So, so walk us through that. How did, how did your, your high school career go? And, um, you know, were you new to wrestling? Had you wrestled? I think you went through some pretty great, uh, youth programs, right? Us through your wrestling journey a bit. Uh, so I started at seven years old and as I mentioned, you know, Robinson Beltway program is where I started. And then we transitioned to the Springfield Beltway program, which, uh, at that point, I transitioned out before the bandits were started and and then started at Lee, you know, my freshman year. So we, so how did you do your freshman year? How did that how did that year turn out for you? Um, won the district, got third in the region and didn't place at state. And what what year? What uh, weight class was that? That was one of three. OK. Yeah. I, yeah. And I didn't mention this to you or I, I may have mentioned this to you earlier, but I, I wrestled your brother. Um, I was a freshman. It was my first year wrestling. He was a senior. It was 125. And I wrestled him at the Nova Classic and uh, first round because he was he was probably ranked number one or number two or something like that. And uh, yeah, he gave me he gave me a, a good drubbing. <laughs> yeah, he's five years younger than me. So he graduated with 99. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that would have been sounds yeah. about or four four grade year, five age years apart, but four for the grades. Yeah. So you started at 103 your freshman year. Um, yeah. and you had a pretty pretty solid season, it sounds like, right? third in the third in the region and didn't play the states, but how, how was the sophomore year? Uh, sophomore year won the district, won the region, 
and again didn't place uh, didn't place at states. Okay. So so then your junior year you came out and you won. Did you win everything? Um. Yep. Yep. So won district, region, and state, and uh, didn't cut nearly as much weight that year. So. <laughs> and what what weight what weight class was that that year? Um. You know, I always get this confused if it's 125 or 130. <laughs> one of those two. Uh, I always get, the, you know, between 125 and 135, my junior and senior kind of blends together. So what happened your senior year? Uh, senior year, um, I lost a double overtime. Um, yeah, so that, that was a tough match. Aaron Bradley out of Lee Davis. Still remember those matches, you know? <laughs> Those are, those are some tough guys at Lee Davis. They've always been a very respectable program. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, did not really know those guys or that program up until that point, but yeah. Um, and then um, he was a year younger than me, Aaron. He actually came to George Mason when I was there. So we were on the same team. Oh, wow. Well, for a year. How was that to, to be on the same team with him? Oh, it's fine. You know, in college, it's kind of a reset. Sure. Everybody, there's a lot of state champs in the room and, you know, even better. And so – um yeah no big deal you know a lot a lot of good yeah it's you walk into high school there's a lot of good wrestlers you walk into college it's even better you know almost you know everybody's a solid wrestler so you said you weren't familiar with the lee davis program too much in high school right. you did you guys stay in northern virginia for most of your matches did you get out of northern virginia a lot before the state tournament yeah we really didn't we, we pretty much stayed in northern virginia so um so that, that's probably why i didn't see you know, many of the other programs. I mean, maybe an hour each way, you know, we would go, but that's about it. Yeah. And I think our coach did that intentionally, you know, for the competitiveness of our team, you know, just we didn't travel much and didn't really need to. We could get the competition we needed locally. Yeah. So were you, were there, were there other folks on your team that were competitive at the state level? Um, yeah. Yeah. We had, um, we, we, my freshman through senior year, we always had between two and four guys qualify for states. Yeah. So Dan Doss was the coach. He had taken over, uh, I think, in 1990. So, I mean, he did a really good job, again, getting kids out. I mean, we had typically 50, 60 kids in the room, you know, to start the season. So, yeah, he, he did a solid job. You know, we, we pretty much had a really competitive full lineup, you know, top to bottom all four years. So what did you made a comment that you didn't cut as much weight your junior year? Yeah, um, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, freshman year just and sophomore year too almost almost killed me. It was just a lot of weight, you know, and everybody cuts weight differently. But um, it was just more than, you know, when you start focusing more on cutting weight than wrestling, you know, that's when the imbalance takes over. And uh, so that's why I kind of backed off my junior year. And just kind of focus more on the wrestling piece. And, you know, I still cut weight, but nothing like those first two years. So mm -hmm. it was much more enjoyable. And, you know, I could still be really competitive. I had, you know, had my best year. So, yeah. you know, I kind of took that same philosophy in my senior year. You know, I maybe cut five pounds, seven pounds, something like that, you know, max. And, uh, you know, that was very manageable. You know, the, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, then you don't have to focus your whole week on cutting weight, you know, it's just kind of like the day before, you know, miss a meal or two, no big deal. So I think that uh, wrestling has become a little more enlightened on this topic since you and I wrestled. I know I, I had a similar experience where I did cut more 
uh, my early, my freshman, my sophomore year. Now, I think that also had something to do with the lineup of the team and just kind of where my weight fell, where I wanted to be at certain weight class that, you know, that, that I had to cut some weight to get to. But I do think that, you know, um, overall people are aware now of the advantages of, of being able to focus more on technique and strength and, uh, and speed and, and recovery and, and not as much on just being the biggest guy in a particular weight class. Right, right. And, you know, there's a, there's a healthy factor in there, too, that, you know, cutting that much weight isn't the best for your body. Yeah. You know? So you can throw that in there as well. And that was something, you know, I first started coaching at, uh, at Mount Vernon, um, I guess, a year after college. And I wanted to get back into it. So I contacted Todd Reynolds. I lived in Mount Vernon at the time and, and coached there for two years. I was an assistant, you know, varsity coach. And that's kind of what I told some of those kids, you know, just, you know, my philosophy is that, but, you know, cut a little bit of weight. You know, you don't want to go in there your same weight, but, you know, focus more on wrestling, sport, technique, you know, and, and put the weight cut in secondary because sometimes, you know, you see some of these kids, they just get wrapped up in it and think that that's like the thing to do and you have to do it. And, and it's just really not necessary. So to, to a large degree, you know, you still got to do a little bit, you know, but, you know, not when, you know, you're a freshman or sophomore growing and trying to cut 15, 20 pounds. That's just too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I agree. So they, they were just implementing the hydration and those protocols, you know, in the early 2000s. So that, that was a positive move in the, you know, one hour way. And so I think, I think that helped as well. I was wrestling right when they were trying to do that. I graduated in 2001 and it was, it was all still very early. And so you could still do pretty much what you wanted in terms of of weight cutting, but but by my senior year, I think I, I happened to be doing it more intelligently um, and, and not cutting as much. Um, did you think about nutrition in any kind of logical way? Were you coached on about how to how to eat right, or were you were you kind of going on your own on that? Yeah, you know, my parents and my assistant coach um, kind of helped me with that. But looking back, I mean, I don't know if it was just the education of nutrition or what they've learned now. I mean, it's just totally different than 20 years ago. So, um, yeah, that was a piece of it. But at the end of the day, I mean, you have to burn off more than you're putting in your body, no matter what you're, you know. Um, so, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, that last few pounds is typically water weight anyway. So, um, but I, I, I think nutrition is much more advanced today. And I think what what's out there and how people do different things. There's a lot more techniques and things that are safer and just more knowledge on the subject in general, I think. So what was the key difference, do you think, between your sophomore year where you didn't end up placing and your junior year where you won the whole thing? And and then your senior year, you also were in the finals. You know, what was the key difference? It seems like there must have been a, a key developmental difference between those years. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. Maybe it was just the second year of, of not placing at States. It kind of hit me to, I had to kind of step up the training, step up, focus a little bit. Um, I know, like I said, my assistant coach and head coach worked with me quite a bit. So I think it was just kind of all those things coming together. Um, you know, and I, I had my, you know, record wise, I didn't have a great year. And I think we entered some more competitive tournaments, you know, um, had more losses that year than I had the previous two years. Hmm. But, you know, when it mattered at the end of the year, you know, things kind of lined up. You get a little lucky, work hard and 
and next thing you know, you've won the state and you're like, wow, that's crazy how that worked out. And then, you know, going in your senior year, it just gives you that confidence. You're like, hey, you can you can do it again. Um, so that's exciting. That's that's very interesting to me, though. So basically the year you had the most competition and, and maybe the more losses was also the year you performed the best or peaked the best at your at the, at the tournament. Yeah, I think that's kind of, you know, what good coaches do, you know, put you in front of the best competition they can just to, you know, so you, so you see people that are better than them. That's really the only way to get better is, you know, competing against better talent, better kids, um, and kind of rising to the occasion versus, you know, going against uh, weaker kids and, and dominating, you know, that's not really making you a better wrestler. So getting past uh, the wins and losses and, you know, focus on developing. And then, you know, when it matters, tournament time, that's, that's kind of the key when you got to turn it on and, and, you know, when. Mm -hmm. So is there anything, so looking back and you've now done coaching, you know, both at the high school level and at the youth level, is there anything based on your experience that you would have either done differently for your own career uh, or that you would have, uh, or that you now coach your kids in a certain way because of, because of your experience? Uh, take top on a ride out. <laughs> that, I, I always go back to that, but I, you know, joking a little bit, but you know, my senior, I think that was the first year I didn't really know how that whole process worked And it. You know, first time I ever did it, it was in the state finals. And, uh, so strategy wise, it probably wasn't the best, but, um, I don't know that I would have done much different. Um, maybe other than weight cutting the, those first two years, that's probably the number. Uh, probably the main thing I probably cut too, more than I, than I should have. Cause again, not only does it wear you down, but you know, by the end of the year when it matters, I don't, I don't think I had a whole lot left in the tank when it, you know, you're just kind of burned out mentally, physically exhausted. So, and that's when you need to peak, you know, kind of at peak form and not, you know, trending downward. Yeah. I think that we overlook sometimes how important that motivation is. Cause we, you know, especially when we're coaching other wrestlers, because, you know, we sort of assume that people are bought into wrestling the same way that, that maybe we were. And, uh, and so they can handle all kinds of weight cutting. And, you know, the reality is, is that you really want all the guys to be having fun, to be, you know, to be, you know, really having a positive experience. And, um, you know, and so overdoing it on something like weight cutting could really cut into that. I remember when I was wrestling, in retrospect, I do remember some guys who were talented who didn't make it all four years of wrestling. And who knows how, how successful they would have been had they stayed. But, but the fact is, is it's probably better for the sport and for the teams to have the maximum retention rate of, of talented guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough sport to coach. and It's a tough sport to participate in because there's some, you know, it's an individual sport. Uh, it just takes so much discipline, you know, between the weight cutting and the one-on-one. And it, it's, you know, everyone knows it's a tough sport. So, yeah, you, you see a lot of kids that just didn't do it all four years. And I think as a coach, motivating kids and working with them, I think people are a little bit more flexible now. But working with kids in different ways and you know, everybody's kind of motivated a different way and, and kind of has different goals. And I think people are more flexible of thinking that way. You know, some of the good coaches, you know, Brian would be one that's been around, you know, 20 plus years. I mean, the only way you get to that point in today's where I'm being successful is being flexible on, you know, just weights people want to go maybe, or maybe they have other commitments in their life that, you know, if they miss a practice, 
because of an academic thing, you know, you're flexible, but maybe 20, 30 years ago, coach is like, sorry, you know, if you miss a practice, that's it, you know? Um, so I, I think that's, I think that's probably the most important thing as coaches that, you know, recognize that flexibility and find out what motivates each kid a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's much harder with a individual sport because you have, you know, 14 different personalities on the starting lineup or however many weights are today, but, you know, versus, you know, a football team. Yes. There might be 11 positions on, on offense, but ultimately they're all pulling together, you know, to do the, to do the same thing. So there are doing some individual points, but for the most part, it's, it's a team sport. So it's just, it's different. I think that's what makes the sport so unique and so great um, is, you know, just all that discipline and hard work and effort that you got to put in individually to, you know, to succeed. Yeah. Now, did you, did you set a goal specifically to be a state champion or did you have other goals in mind? No, I did. I, you know, my older brother graduated from Lee in 86 and he didn't have the luxury of starting as a, as a youth. He started his freshman year. And when my dad saw the sport, he fell in love with it. He didn't have that growing up. And he's like, Oh, this is great. I got to get the other two in, into the sport. And that's why I started when I was seven. And my, my younger brother started when he was five. So when I'd go in and watch him in the practice room, they always had the names up on the wall. And, you know, at the time Lee, and only had one state champion. And I just kind of remember looking up as a kid and saying, you know, I want to see my name up there. So it's, it's amazing how powerful just like seeing something in writing, you know, on a wall is like, can be so memorable and inspiring, you know? Yeah. I'm sure that's made a lot of state champions looking at that. Yeah. So you're there every day. You're looking at it, you know, all, all through practice, things are tough. You look up there and you think about it. And yeah. So I think that's, that's huge. So, and you've said that your parents were very involved or your father anyway was very involved. He got you into the sport, I guess. Oh yeah. Yep. And you know, he was there, you know, running or helping or coaching the youth programs that I was involved in. And yeah, neither of my parents missed any matches. I mean, they were both all in and uh, you know, my brother, older brother was out of high school by then, but me and my brother both did the same beltway teams. And so we traveled around and did that. And then in high school, you know, I did four years and he did four years and, so, yeah, they were, they were really involved and, you know, love the sport and still love it to this day. It's interesting, though, because they weren't he wasn't a wrestler, your dad. No, no, he, he did boxing. So it was kind of similar. But, yeah, his high school didn't have wrestling, you know, in Tennessee, where I grew up. So when he when he saw it, he was like, oh, he could really relate. You know, it's like this is a great sport. And, uh, you know, I realized my size, too. You know, I wasn't probably going to be, you know, starting quarterback on the football team, you know, at five, seven you know, 110 pounds, you know, a freshman year. So, um, yeah, he always kind of tell, talks about that, all the different sports. He's like, you know, this is probably a great sport for you. So. Sounds like he was right. Yep. I'm glad, I'm glad he did it, you know? So now it's now having, you know, four kids and three daughters and finally having a son, you know, number four. So now it's, you know, will he be interested in it? We'll see. <laughs> so. Did you, um, did you play any sports outside of wrestling? Yeah, I did lacrosse. I did. I did a little bit of football. Um, did you do in high school? Uh, no, I never did any other sport in high school. Um, you know, I was tell I played freshman football, so I take that back. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, but that was it. You know, after you know, you do the preseason in October, and you finish up, you know, doing AAU stuff in March. I was always just kind of spent 
and uh, it was a long season, so I never did, you know, lacrosse or any other sports in high school. Did you wrestle year round? I did not. You know, that's something I've my you know my dad tried to get me to do a lot of freestyle. Freestyle never really interests me. I I do a few tournaments. Something about the style of wrestling it just never. I just never got interested after March doing the AAU stuff. I was kind of done. Um, you know, I started, I started working outside my landscape business in the spring too. I don't know if that had something to do with it, but I was kind of one of those guys I put in like six hard months, five hard months, depending on the year. And then I was like, done. I wanted to shut it down. Um, so, you know, I do camps in the summer, but that's about it. That's about it. You can grow a lot from camps, though. So so you would do like five hard months. So really, I mean, if you did camps over the summer, it sounds like maybe you would take the spring off. Yeah. Um, and then or maybe the spring and part of the fall. Yeah. Springtime, cut some grass, do some camps in the summer. And then, um, yeah, kind of hang out and wait for wrestling season in the fall. You know, we do some running, some preseason stuff once or twice a week, but it was pretty, pretty low key. Um, were, there any, were there any exercises that you did that were that you found that, you know very helpful or that really you thought were critical to success? I don't think anything in general. I think just kind of the founder, the basics, push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, you know, kind of what most practices consisted of. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the camp thing. I mean, you can get a lot out of camps. I mean, I, I went to the Granby School of Wrestling for probably ooh, five or six years, long time. Um, and I got a lot out of that, um, cause you're going to the same camp learning it over and over and their system is very, um, you know, very fundamental and, you know, kind of the same. It's tough. It's not your typical camp where, <laughs> you know, you're like hanging out and doing a little bit. I mean, you know, wrestling camp, I guess all of them are kind of that way in general, but it was tough, but looking back, got a lot out of it. I did one year at the Granby camps. Um, and then every other year, I, I did all different camps throughout high school. So I did the Jay Robinson camps. That was probably the most memorable camp for me for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. It was, but I did, I did camps in Pennsylvania as well. And, you know, in retrospect, it's an interesting, um, idea to go to the same, if you know that there's a great camp where you really like the technique and you really want to do it. You know, it's an interesting idea to go to the same camp every time that, that really, I don't think that ever occurred to me. Yeah, that was kind of my thought. And I don't, you know, know the first year you kind of like, oh, where am I going to go back? Oh, let's just try that again. And, you know, after the second year, like, I'm kind of getting the hang of that stuff. And next thing you know, you know, you're incorporated into your, you know, your set of moves because you've drilled it hundreds and hundreds of times. It's a whole different style. I think that was, that was appealing to me also because, you know, you have a coach, assistant coach that worked with me with different styles, but that was something totally new that, you know, people at the beach were having success with. So, it was kind of fun and enjoyable to incorporate some different technique and different moves. Um, did you ever wrestle any of the great bridge guys? Um, I don't recall doing a lot. They were not big into live wrestling there. Uh, it was pretty much three technique sessions and I don't remember, I don't remember ever wrestling any of them. Um, my junior year in the finals, I wrestled a kid, you know, both of us, I guess, weren't really expected to make it and we ended up in the finals. So, but that's the first time I'd seen him and first great bridge kid. I think I'd ever wrestled. Um, so that's probably as close to as close to them as I got. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we did some other camps as a, you know, went to the Bloomsburg team camp with Lee and Russ Houck's camp and yeah, some different ones in Pennsylvania. 
Usually we do two camps a summer, but Granby was always, always a staple. Would you go with your teammates? Y- yeah, we did two of those out of the four years, and that was fun because um, it was more of a team. You know, I think they would do one session of technique and then two sessions of like dual tournaments. So that was good. Different competition, but it's that team atmosphere more than individual. Um, so I really enjoyed that. That was good. So you and I have uh, have something in common. So we're both entrepreneurs. Right. Um, sounds like your current business goes back all the way to high school, though. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of started when I was 12. You know, officially, I, I incorporated the business when I was 18 in, in 1995. So we just celebrated 25 years this past January. Hard to believe. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. Yep. I started a long time ago. And um, because I went to George Mason, I was able to keep it through college, you know, or run it while I was in college um, since I was so close by. So that by the time I graduated, it was enough that I could kind of sustain a career. And I just kept doing it. So and it's is, is it full service landscaping in the D.C.? Maryland, Virginia area, or is it exclusively Virginia? Uh, primarily Fairfax County is our service area, and our specialty is residential maintenance, so mowing, fertilizing, leaf removal, just basically taking care of lawns and gardens on the residential setting. That's kind of our niche, and uh, you know we don't really get into commercial work or big landscape jobs. So, very cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, so. Um, any uh, any any lessons from your wrestling days that have helped you with uh, being an entrepreneur? Oh yeah, I, I I fall back on wrestling stuff all the time. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, anytime you're having a bad day, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I mean, it's there's tons of ups and downs. But you kind of, uh, and this is what I always tell my kids when they're talking about whether they want to do sports or what sport and not doing sports. But yeah, I think that's what's great about sports that teaches you, you know, when you get kicked or you fall down, you know, to get back up and push through it, especially the individual sports. I mean, there's no one else to, to look at, no one else to blame. You know, it's all about the, the effort that you put in individually. And I kind of try to relate that into business all the time that, you know, if I'm not working hard, you know, somebody else is coming behind me working harder and, and going to do more and be more successful. So I always relate back to those principles and that I learned through wrestling that, uh, you know, hard work and discipline, you know, is kind of what fuels success, you know, in my mind. So you uh, are still coaching. You're, what are you up to these days? Yeah, so a neighbor of mine, Tomas uh, Avalle, and I took over the Hayfield Madhawks, the guy that had been running it, retired. So um, we agreed to, to pick it up because we both got two youngsters. And we started that for the first year, and that was quite an adventure, getting back into coaching. Um and at a whole different level, you know, the youth, I mean, it is, uh, took an adjustment to, you know, corralling kids anywhere from five years old to 13, but a lot of fun. Um, we had, uh, it was, it was a success, you know, in our minds because we got more kids out at the end of the year than in the beginning. So kids just kept coming. Um, you know, so we started out with maybe 13 kids and ended up with like 25. So it was great. It was good to see, you know, parents were great. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So will your kids all be going to, and by say your kids, I mean the kids in the Matt Hawks, are they all going through the Hayfield program or do they split into different high schools? You know, because Tomas was from Hayfield and I was from Lee, 
we basically kind of joined forces. We did one practice at Lee, one practice at Hayfield. The kids were kind of split. Um, there was probably more Hayfield than Lee just because that's where the program, the foundation was with Roy Hill, you know, the Matt Hawks. Yeah. But the idea was to start bringing in some Springfield kids and feeding it into Lee, you know. Um, so hopefully over time there'll be more kids, you know, it'd be more of an equal split. Um, but then in the meantime, you know, my kid, you know, my oldest daughter, you know, she started at Lee and that was kind of fun to see her go back to the high school, um, which is now John Lewis high school. Um, so, but now I recently moved. Um, we, we just moved this spring to Clifton. So now my kids go to Robinson or we'll, I have two that'll go to Robinson. I have a 10th grader, eighth grader, and then two that'll go to Fairview elementary. So that all kind of happened. Uh, unexpected this spring so <laughs> so how um so yeah so your son will wrestle one day for brian hazard it's possible you know i did the math and i'm like i don't know though he's he's coming up on he's coming up on 25 years and my kid's like 10 years so i mean maybe if he's one of those coaches that can stay for 35 there's a chance <laughs> all right all right well i hope so yeah yeah <laughs> how is covid19 affecting your plans for the youth program um, that's a good question. I mean, I think our initial thoughts are it's probably not going to happen. I know the organization NVWF that kind of is the governing body for all of our tournaments. They're trying to make some uh, drastic changes, which, you know, have some good plans, but I don't know how practical that's going to be this year. I mean, if I had to, the way things are going with school and what they're talking about, actually, they should have announced it today, what the high school sports are going to look like. I think that's kind of going to set the stage for what, you know, the youth stuff's going to kind of fall right in line with that. And uh, yeah, I think it's very doubtful that we'll be wrestling this winter, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. I think they, the one um, plan that sounded like there was some optimism is where they would start the season December 15th and, and, you know, or, or somewhere around then and then push it into March. I think that's going to be a difficult play. Yeah. Uh, especially given the fact that things would need to change pretty drastically in terms of how many, you know, infections there are and is there a vac cure and all that vaccine. And yeah, I, I just, it's just too soon to, you, you kind of see what they did with the school board. I mean, I, I just, I felt for the school board and those people had to make those decisions to, you know, move 190,000 students. And I don't know how many, how many tens of thousands of teachers and staff, but to, it's already difficult to run the school system on a normal basis. And now you start doing a hybrid two days in three days off. And, um, uh, you know, so if you translate that to athletics and you start switching spring to fall and falls, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's going to work. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think there's just too many moving pieces and liability, you know, for the County that it just doesn't seem feasible, unfortunately. Because I don't know what these, you know, these kids really need sports. They need activities. They need that socialization. And that's probably going to be one of the biggest fallouts of this whole ordeal with the kids is the things they're missing out on, you know, because they're just glued to devices and screens and yeah. hang out and socialize and being kids as much as they, they should be. I think there's going to be a lot of fallout. I think that'll be one of the one of the big things. I think, you know, the how effective the virtual education is. That's also up for debate. You know, I'm a, I, for my own business, a part of my business is online education. 
And um, so I'm a huge proponent of that, but it's got to be rolled out in a very organized way. And if it's not, then it might not, you know, it, it may have terrible outcomes. Um, and we kind of saw that this spring, you know, when, when the school system, you know, my youngest one was in a Montessori school and, and other private schools, they kind of started up day one on Monday and everything kind of rolled seamlessly. But again, 190,000 students, they, it, it didn't work for two of our, we had a elementary school and intermediate school. And, uh, you know, one of my eighth grader, you know, she has um, special abilities and she doesn't, you know, you can't do that virtually. You know, my high schooler is a good student. Um, she she could pick it up and, and did just fine with it. So there's definitely with people's abilities and age plays a big part in how successful it's going to be. I'm sure this fall will be better than it was in the spring. But yeah. wow, I mean, I just know my learning style. I mean, it's it's tough. Not everybody can learn 100% virtually. Yeah. Um, I, I think I now can learn tremendously well virtually, but I think it's taken me some years to 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 understand how to do it and and to practice it and all of that. And um, I I can't imagine how you could just throw an entire school system or an entire nation into independent virtual learning like that and and have it have it work out. So I feel for them as well. So to 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 end on, I just want to give um, one more question here. If you had any advice to give to a a young wrestler who's coming up, wants to win a state title, it, what's one thing you might tell them? Um, I think just kind of visualize it and set goals and work toward those goals every day. You know, um, it's a long road, so you're not going to achieve it, you know, in a couple of months or a couple of years. It, it's, it's a long road. So I think that's the main thing, just kind of setting goals and focusing on it. That power of visualization is huge. Um, you know, picturing yourself doing it, you know, like looking on the wall and, and believing that you can be there. And there's a good chance, you know, if you're working towards that as hard as you can, there's a good chance that it'll happen. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us for Backpoints today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I was good to chatting with you. I know that the next generation of wrestlers is going to benefit from you. And, uh, and I hope, uh, I hope that, some, that a lot of kids come out for the Mad Hawks for you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Backpoints today. If you want to support the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you find the show. Also, it helps us if you give the show a rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Feel free to also make a donation via Patreon at patreon.com backpoints. Thanks and see you next episode.